0: Uh, worst case, we get drunk and we do it again. Uh, Danny, how are you? you? All right. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Not too bad. I'm assuming you're just as locked down as we are in uh, Scotland.
1: Yeah, we were back in the full lockdown there on New morning.
0: Okay. Have you been given a deadline or a, a date to target to get back to normality to, to an extent?
1: Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I know. The schools are closed down for a bit longer. Um, Secondary schools are staying open three days a week now, so they're not going back to full school.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think everything from our side, including the schools, is back to home learning in Scotland until um, the 1st of February. And then I think England are currently voting to try and go way beyond that. So I'm not sure what the outcome is. Obviously, the world's in a, a very weird place right now. So... Um Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, obviously, all of us know you as as Brandman Dan. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I have
1: pronounced that correctly, but yeah, you got a perfect there, uh, Brandman Dan. Mandan. Not, bana- not banana Man Dan or banana Dan
0: or banana Dan is my personal favorite. <laughs> um, what's the story behind that? I know it briefly, but give us the the insight of how that well, name
1: came around. I was still fighting when it came up first, um, and it's Norwegian for fireman Dan. Okay, so there was a couple of the Norwegians were calling me that, like just messing. When I was starting a YouTube channel then, you know how hard it is to get a title, a name on the YouTube channel that's not already taken.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, I was looking through loads of and I just went, Bramadan, it rhymes. I looked it up, it was available. Looking back, it's a stupid name because there's nothing to do with kickboxing. If I had a name with kickboxing in it, I'd probably have thousand more subscribers.
0: Really, do you think?
1: I think definitely, like, as soon as I got that logo, I started using that logo, the, the subscribers shot up because I was playing around with different logos. When I got that logo, the the subscribers almost doubled overnight. It was, like, a huge no increase. Way. So if I had a name with kickboxing or martial arts or karate or something in the title, I think I would have way more subscribers. now.
0: That's, uh, well, obviously, it's not so relevant to kickboxing, but... Um day-to-day life for you is super relevant um some people may not realize everyone thinks that you know everyone involved in kickboxing purely does kickboxing but tell us a little bit about your background in general like from a personal side like job wise well i'm a fireman
1: so that's what I, the came <laughs> I was i was a carpenter before that when i started when i started kickboxing i was a carpenter then i got fed up with that done postman for a while and then got into the fire brigade on the second troy it's not easy to get into the fire brigade here so I've think it's I done well to get in best job I ever had
0: yeah um, and correct me if I'm wrong in Ireland the fibre grade double up as paramedics as well to yeah we're all
1: paramedics as well so um, we take turns on the ambulance so nobody likes being on the ambulance because you're busy constantly it's like the ambulance is out non-stop yeah From as soon as you go in at 9 o'clock till you finish with 6 you're out all day right. on the fire truck you get time to relax sit down and have a bit of chat yeah
0: no, it's, it's obviously, uh, it's a name that I hear mispronounced on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: and I think people, most people have kind of got it now by this yeah. days because it's been around for, I think, 11 years now.
0: So is that the same length of time for the YouTube channel itself, about 11 years since you started this whole Well, the f-
1: my first YouTube channel was Danny9693365, which was my phone number, because again, it was hard to get a name. So after, I was like, I can't use that, it's too hard to remember. So <laughs> I went for another one that's equally hard hard to remember.
0: And it's just
1: uh, the ends right in the middle, like you just, <laughs> you yeah, just, it's double end, <laughs> double end, single end, yeah,
0: yeah. Even even now, like if um, I'm no techno person by any chance, but I'll get onto the laptop and I'll be like, oh, I need to get onto there and I'll YouTube and I'll just try and search every now and then quickly and Chuck braman down into the search box, knowing the channel's going to come up.
1: Yeah, it kind uh, of finds it anyway. Like no matter what the yeah. spelling, if you go to Google, it, it finds a lot of different spellings. I'm about to I think actually when I made the website I think I have a lot of different spellings in it as well in the okay in the metadata stuff.
0: For idiots like me so that's probably quite a good move. <laughs> um, so what's your background? Uh, obviously you just said that you competed before. Um, tell us about your martial arts background in general.
1: Yeah I done, when I was about 10 I done Kempo for about six months Okay, and um, it was fun but uh, I, don't, I can't even remember why I gave it up. Then I started getting fat as a teenager, and when I, was, I only started when I was 21, kickboxing. Right, okay. Started with Roy Baker, and I found out I was pretty good at punching people and kicking people, so I kind of moved through the ranks fairly quickly in terms of competition, like I was fighting in the black belt sections when I was a green belt, and then got my black belt in 2002, and then I thought, well, the belt's not getting any blacker, so I'm not grading again. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a first down black belt uh, just because I've no interest in going through seven hours of pain again.
0: <laughs> yeah, so decent black belt grading then, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's tough. Yeah, we had uh, Steve Winsborough and Matt Winsborough over.
0: Oh, really? So they
1: were, they were there for my grading, yeah. That
0: kickboxing royalty, that's a great grading uh, panel. Jesus. Yeah.
1: And um, Gary, Kelly was, Gary Kelly was down as well from Northern Ireland as well. So oh, great. We, we had a tough old session there. Uh, seven hours of pain.
0: Is there anybody in that black belt grade in there that's still involved that we'd know? Like,
1: you know oh, yeah, everyone was there. Um, oh, Who was there? Eric Byrne got it with me. Well, he's not doing it anymore. So he got his black belt with me and Nicky Tracy got a black belt with me, I think. And then there was a few going for second down and third down. Mihal McCann, Mitch was getting his third down. Derek Egan was getting his third down. Um, Ronald Culpert was getting his third down. Ilya, I think, was getting his second uh, I think Ilya is now the highest rank out of all Royal Black belts. Right, he's, okay. he's a fifth Dan. So he's the highest grade of everyone that trained under Royal, I think. And that's no,
0: Bushido, isn't that Bushido? Marshall that's Bushido,
1: Lux. yeah. Yeah, you always see the so, suits. We had good, when I was training hard, we had like, good teammates. Elaine was there. Elaine got a black belt just after me. Um, but she's gone on to rank me again because she kept grading. <laughs> 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 so it was good, yeah. We had, a good, we had a
0: good team there. Uh, listen, you've still got a good team. Like One of my highlights of the kickboxing calendar is obviously the White Tiger by uh, Damien Gormley, <laughs> White Tiger Challenge. And that yeah. team team event, um, <laughs> I think I have some of the fondest memories of team. Well, team events for me are the most underrated category in any tournament. Um, no, the, of, the
1: last one we've done, we had, Elaine was doing the draws and she's on the team. It's like, right? There's four teams in it. Who do we fight? Do we fight Tala or do we fight uh, <laughs> karali and Elijah? I was like, well, we can fight Tyler every day. Let's fight a team of wo- four world champions. So I got out and got to fight Elijah in the last, one, which was fun. <laughs>
0: Listen, it's always a slightly emotional experience. Now, if we look I at, I still
1: never forgive him though, because like I was doing the karate kick, the crane kick, I, I was just- there, body jabbed
0: me. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know if we want a section on the body jab in this uh, episode just yet. It might cause too much controversy, but uh, I do remember that body jab. Um, But that that team event and that tournament itself, like especially now during lockdown, I find myself looking back at tournaments that not just run for the sake of a tournament's sake, like a lot of them do and have to, obviously it gives us a circuit, but um, the ones that really, you enjoy spending time with people. Right. And uh, the white tiger for me it's one of these things that ticks every box from my coaching heads, bringing students through to high-level tournament, right? You get great yeah. fighters turned up to
1: it. Yeah, it's good, yeah. But, yeah, it's the only one we fight at, like me, Elaine, Elliot. Uh, Shoggy still fights. He still does a lot of fighting. And yeah. um Dalton as well. So, well, Dalton still fights as well. But for me, Elaine, Elliot, it's the only tournament we fight at. It's just because just it's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so White Tiger goes on for three to five more years for example I know there's a bit of history and stuff to do with White Tiger I
1: think, no, I think this is the last one uh, it was supposed to be this year because I think the hotel has been uh-huh. redeveloped or something
0: yeah it's a pain
1: so I think next year or this year you know, 2021 would be the last one but if, oh, if yeah. it was to run
0: for five more years would you guys be oh still in-
1: yeah be <laughs> fun, <maybe. laughs> I love I'm it we of not training for it <laughs>
0: uh, for me it's one of my favourite tournaments by far um, and it's one that we've kind of really missed as well. Um, yeah, it's just because it's, just it's so relaxed,
1: it's like uh, you're just you're down in the hotel, you're in the hotel, it's like the Irish Open, and yeah, you're, you're in the hotel of the, the, the sport event. So,
0: Irish Open, we might as well do it. Um, I, I, not on this year, no, listen, it's, it's heartbreaking. I think that kind of I don't know, but I can't speak for everybody, but I know for a lot of us maybe earlier in, in, in lockdown, November, October, November time, we were all kind of, the general saying was, we'd be lucky if we get a tournament before the Irish Open. And obviously, um, that's not happening now. Um, yeah, What's the everything you know, story behind that? About which? About why the Irish Open's not running, is it? Is, is oh really? yeah,
1: City West is uh, being used as an overflow hospital for COVID. Yeah. So uh, the hotel rooms itself are for people like, like frontline workers that can't isolate a home because they've got older people living with them or families living at them. So they're, people like that are staying in the hotel and then the conference centre itself is actually being used as a hospital. Is it? So, and they have that until uh, May, I think. They have it, the HFC, the health board here, have it block booked until then. So hotels not available, can't run the competition.
0: Yeah, it's a, a mad spectrum. Do you think, obviously, you're in a very unique position like you you kind of get a great overview i know you're involved with wacko on, on boards and stuff but also because you're, you're there at every event do you yeah. see how do you see the landline this year like um tournament wise are we going to get some do you think or are we going to struggle
1: fine fighting cup of schedule
0: yeah i've seen that
1: but it goes i hope it goes ahead look i'm dying to oh. get out of this country i haven't been away since germany last year at uh, the top 10 open a deals tournament in uh yeah so that's a good one um but yeah like that's the last time i was out of country and i'm going crazy just here because I, I actually got the email yesterday or this morning from google saying your timeline for the year how many countries you visited and I'm like four I'm like, oh geez that's nothing like what, what,
0: on average what is it normally on a, uh, a
1: year like 15 different countries so that's
0: crazy yeah. I hope it does go ahead, but it just feels maybe slightly tight again, time frame-wise. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I don't know how person if, it, if it did, but...
1: I don't know how they're going to do it with regards we are we going to gonna have to prove we have tests? Because I know, because we're in the fire brigade, I'll be getting a te- uh, vaccine now in the next few weeks. Okay, We got a, a thing yesterday from the fire brigade saying, uh, I think it's in three weeks time, or over the next three weeks, all the fire brigade will be, uh, get the first round of vaccine, and in three weeks later get the second round, and then they're Vaccinated after seven days, it's fully working. So, hopefully, with that, I'll be able to travel a bit. Um, I don't know, even with the vaccine, I think you can still carry it. Like, you can still, like, right. it's still on your skin and on your. So, you still have to wear the mask and gloves and wash your hands and all that. Um,
0: Which makes the tournament th- very difficult, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's only a year. It's only one year of. Most people live to about 75, 80 so. and <laughs>
0: stuff.
1: It's it's, a, it's definitely been a
0: weird spectrum for us as coaches as well, because obviously if you're a competitive school like, like myself, who kind of lives and breathes tournaments and it's a major lifeblood of your club, it kind yeah. of, this has really changed the spectrum for us because you end up trying to focus on home turf and then you, you can't really do that either because you're doing it via Zoom as we're talking now is probably how I've taught most of my classes for 2020. Yeah. Um, if you told me five years ago this is going to be my uh way of of,
1: of making income, was... it wouldn't even have been possible five years ago,
0: yeah. Do you know what? We didn't have Zoom five years ago,
1: and we, wouldn't have, we didn't have the technology, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a
0: saving grace. It was a it's a the lesser of two evils, the other one being you know unemployment, so yeah, um, yeah. it is frightening for sure. Um Bram and Dan has obviously grown arms and legs from recording from a basic level to what it is now. Um, did you expect and plan for this growth when you first started it? And if you did, like, who actually funds all of this? Because I've seen the hardware you take just to the summer camp in Greece for Nikos, and that's the smallest of scales. And then yeah. I've seen a thousand GoPros in your bag. Like,
1: how's it all work? And was it, was it planned? Well, not to not to have all that equipment it certainly wasn't planned. Um, I started, I think it was around two thousand and seven, when YouTube was just starting to take ground, and I was seeing watching fights on YouTube, and they were recorded sideways on phones, like how bad are the phones in two thousand and seven? I've got loads. <laughs> yeah, so they were recorded sideways, and you're watching a fight, and then it just cuts off halfway through the fight. And you're like, who the hell won? What what's the result? Yeah, and. and as well as that, there was no videos of my fights and I wanted to look back and be able to see them. So I was finished fighting and I said, all right, I'm going to start doing this properly. And I, had, I bought one camera, a JVC, Handycam type yoga, shit. Probably want to bleep out the bad language. I'm, and, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm definitely going to drop something at some stage, so I wouldn't stress too much.
1: <laughs> and started going around the tournaments. and just recording full fights from start to finish and editing on uh, Sony Vegas Pro and it took forever and um, putting them up and I was doing them down on the the first channel Danny 999 or 9693364 that one and then uh, after a while ASG gave me some sponsorship because they saw I was putting up good videos I was with them for about a year you know the, the start of their logo and then uh, started buying more equipment and uh, it just grew from there and now I've got five good quality cameras and load of equipment, like five good big JVC professional cameras that uh, can also live stream as well directly from them, and uh, a whole load of uh, little gadgets and gizmos and gimbals and drones and all kinds of stuff. So top ten, I know uh, I've been sponsored by them for maybe seven years, six or seven years. Oh, okay. And uh, that helps me pay. Like like, like you said about funding it, I pay for it all myself. Um. I get a little bit of payment now. I didn't at the start from each tournament. They cover my expenses and a small fee, but that's just, I found if I didn't charge people, then people were taking the piss. Yeah. You know, like I'll come off to my tournament, come off to my tournament. I go over and I'll do all the tournament, do all the work. And when I'm, when I'm at a tournament, I only charge them for the days I'm there. I don't charge them for the, the days travel or the days traveling back. And then the days after, the, the week after spent editing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've spoken to you about editing before and like, that's got to be for, the vein of it, isn't
1: it? Yeah. For every for every day of competition, there's a day of editing, at least. And it, or per camera, really. Per camera. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. if... what I Like, I've got five cameras now, so if there's a ring, it's easier. I can just set a camera up and look at the ring, and it doesn't have to move. It's it's a little bit far away, but it's, it's okay. When you're under the tammies, it's better to have moving because people can go out of the area and stuff like that. So... Luckily, I had a great help from Trina. Um, whenever she's at a tournament, she'll always give me a dig in. And then there's a few other people like uh, Henrietta's helped out, Caroline from Germany's helped out, um, Livia's helped out, Dominic's helped out, Timmy, Nick. There's a whole bunch of people that, when they're at tournaments, if they're not doing that, they'll come down and they'll grab a camera and just record. I've so, actually
0: done it once badly myself. Um... Oh, and Adam as well.
1: Adam, Adam, yeah. Adam, Adam t- done a whole female uh, grand champion in Austria. Funny really.
0: that, funny they chose yeah. the grand champion,
1: <laughs> the grand champion.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's a good shot selection on that one. That's a smart yeah. boy. <laughs> um, but did you imagine it to become the resource that it's become? Because, like, for me as a coach, um, during lockdown, prior to lockdown, if anything came up for my team, I was in this really cool position where I could actually look. Not, I, I'm not really interested in people training because. We all know that's a bit snidey when people start watching people train. But from my perspective, it's more that I could see them fight. I could look at a division and get a, a take on it. So as a coach, I pride myself on planning and not just reacting and responding on the day. Um, and I know a lot of people feel the same way. Um, it's, it's a massive resource to our sport now. Um, yeah, well,
1: it wasn't It wasn't originally intended. It was originally intended for people who to, to won a world title to be able to look at the fight again and have a memory. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of became more people are using it to study other fighters more so than just letting their granny or granddad see them win a the world title. See, I love that so because that's, that's my fondest.
0: Although I talk about resource and stuff, um, I'm sure you remember because you filmed it, but Natasha winning her world title in the last two seconds in, in Dublin. Dublin. yeah. I, I could watch that last ten seconds back now. I, I, I couldn't watch it for a very long time, mine, because that I, I aged 10 years that year, that day. Um, but I definitely can dial into the memory side of it because you watch that moment and it takes you back instantly to every emotion and feeling that you felt, um, which is the most unanalytical thing a coach could probably say. Um, I don't look at that fight and go, I wish you did that. I wish you did that. Maybe a bit more now, but I still, my emotion will take over my coach head all day long. For that one yeah. moment in that, that in history, yeah. it's, it's, well, that's
1: yeah. it. like emotion takes over when you're fighting. Like I can't remember most of my fights. I won the Irish Open three times, and, and I fought Chris Collymore one time and I fought a Polish guy different. I can't remember who the third guy was. Really? So yeah, and it was it was light contact. I just wanted to win the points in the Irish Open. <laughs> that was that was it. I just wanted to win points, and I never I got onto the podium once. I think Robbie Levobetti in the semi final. No way. He went, he went on to fight Daz Ellis in the final, oh, and no uh, Great. That, I think I can't remember who Daz. I can't remember who won that actually, Robbie or Daz. But I remember I was walking up as it was Robbie's first Irish Open, and he was only like fifteen or sixteen. And I'm walking and oh, "Look, look at this guy. He's tiny. I'm going to kill him." <laughs> like I was twenty four or twenty five, and then he just came out, and I think it was like two or three points in at the end, but his leg I was just like how is he able to kick like that he was incredible
0: I think he's one of the fighters that if you it, the most photographed fighter where his foot should be is, is where his head should be yeah. um, that drop down yeah, I got
1: a I got a great photo of him in um, in Coimbra in Portugal at the 2007 World Championships yeah. and his, his name is down the leg of the trousers and his foot was on the other guy's head and it's just perfect roundness kick to the head and uh yeah, it's one of my favourite photos. Because I in 2007, I was taking photos before I was doing videos.
0: All ah, right, okay. Now, I think it's, for me, like, there's a great resource, but I think it's important to dial in the memory side of it, for sure. Um, you know, you've captured quite a lot, and that's one of the reasons well, why about,
1: There's about 20,000 videos now between the two, like... the two of my own channels, and I run the Wacko channel as well. I set up the Wacko channel. And okay. I coordinate at the tournament, so I put up, like, uh, when there's live streams there, the companies are there. I... Make all the streams, and then they just send it to that stream. So between the three channels, there's about twenty thousand videos.
0: It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Do you want um, to spell the myth that you're making millions via YouTube?
1: Well, if I was, if I was making millions, I'd still be—I uh, wouldn't be a fireman anymore. Now, when uh, when I started the website, I got Google AdSense, and I was like, "All right, this is great." you yeah. put the ads on your website and my friend started his website as well and we were clicking on each other's ads to, we got up to about 13 euro on Google Ads uh, said yeah, you're banned for life um, that's an in, invalid click activity so if I'd have known then if I'd have known then what I know now I wouldn't have done that I'd have about 15 million views worth of uh, even at one cent each would have been phenomenal money is that true, is it? yeah yeah so I don't make any money out of it. Are we not? Google. Are we not? Are we not?
0: Are we not fighting that no? Like a ban for life. I
1: I, I I put in a couple of appeals, and they just they they have that many people making footage. They don't have to worry about me. And fifteen million views over all the videos is not is tiny compared to what YouTube, like
0: yeah.
1: Logan Paul gets fifteen million views in an afternoon, like so on one video. Jeez. So um, yeah, it's it's a. Live and learn situation. Don't click on your own ads. It seems hard. However, man. there's a thing. If you want to get someone else banned and stop someone else making money, just click on their ads. <laughs> Re- repeatedly. I've had them a, as, a,
0: as a few people. <laughs> um,
1: so just go onto their website and keep clicking on their ads from the same IP address and Google Go invalid activity. activity, you're banned.
0: There we go, kids. There's a life lesson from Danny <laughs> um, I'm already banned so I don't have to worry. You're done. Um, the cliche questions, obviously. Uh, favorite fight that you filmed, or your favorite fight that you can remember going, like this is something special. Or if you've got a couple, then yeah. But what sticks oh, in? All right, twenty thousand to pick from, dude. Yeah.
1: Uh, Robbie Lawler. Like I mentioned him earlier, he's always great to watch. Uh, I think we should get him on here. This would be hilarious. Yeah. The funny, yeah, the f- funny. The first I remember back when Ray started fighting in the basketball arena and the, the crowds he used to pull around. And oh, I remember one one of the fights he threw a drop kick like two legs up in the air and he landed on his ass and no score, but you it
0: can't. was just like
1: <laughs> he, was, he was just a he just was a highlight rail. And so all of his fights were worth watching. And Robbie and Zolt's fights are always yeah. classics.
0: God, dear, that brings an atmosphere. It gets very cold in the room. It's like Voldemort just strolled in. It's yeah, not a, yeah. it's not a nice one to be around. That one.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, actually, the way that Lottie can pull it out of bag. I remember seeing her fighting in Best Fighter, and a uh, uh, point down with one second to go in the team event, and pulls out a hook kick to the head. She likes oh, the last minute. I've, one I've seen, bit. I've seen her do that twice. I'm Like, right, if you're ever. Down against the way that I know she's finished now. If you're ever down against the way that you got and you're up, and she only got that. You know what's coming. It's that hook yeah. kick to the head. I've done, few, I've done a
0: few of these during lockdown. Like I was, I've appeared on people's kind of chats and podcasts. And I was asked for my favourite fight, and mine was again. You probably filmed it. Bev versus Louisa, Louisa at
1: Bristol. Bristol Open. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, it blew my mind then, and it blows my mind now when I watch it. Like you just don't expect it. Like it's unreal.
1: I think, yeah, I think now there's a lot of referees would stop that fight after. Yeah. Does, that fight wouldn't have continued with a lot of referees now. They would have just said, no, she's been knocked out because she, she was basically oh, flash 100%,
0: knockout.
1: 100%, yeah. And, uh, and then she just can't
0: step back in on the... It's a hard one to call because I've seen a couple of flash knockouts over the years and it's easy to say the referees would stop it. It's easy to say if that's my fighter, I'd stop it. If I'm standing behind that fighter,
1: it's not as clear anymore. Yeah, and especially that, and when you're that fight, when you're that fighter, that's like stop in Yeah, you get you get sparked. You go, oof, oof, where am I for a second, and then you're back in it, and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. CTE can affect me later. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's the it's it's the
0: lack of clarity that allows you to continue, right? Yeah, <laughs> because you go there and go, I don't really know what happened. I must be cool. Let's go again. But really. Yeah, I remember, actually, yeah,
1: Ilya was fighting in uh, Belgium one year and he got knocked out, I think it was Belgium, at the Flanders Cup. And uh, this is a long time ago, like 2001, 2002. Got knocked out and uh, got back up, fought, won the fight, won the tournament. But for the next 20 minutes, he's just sitting there going, so, am I fighting now? No, Ilya, you Uh, fought. Did I win? Yeah, you won. Okay, am I fighting now? No, you fought. And this went on repeatedly for 20 minutes I was like oh he's bad <laughs> like after an hour or so he was grand but like he, he was just he didn't know what was happening It was a complete concussion wow like, that was the first time I'd ever seen proper concussion well um,
0: obviously follow on uh, you've mentioned a lot of great names there already but do you have fighters that stick out in your head as a favourite fighter male and female
1: Louisa the favourite female definitely without doubt yeah. Um her to I was gonna say uh, the best fe- female fighters of all time with putting it up with, between her and Bev. But uh, the reason I give yeah. it to Louisa is because Bev has that height advantage and like she's bigger than most of the girls she fights. Yeah. In the same way now as Roman is one of the best fighters at the moment, like him and uh Elijah are the two, probably one of two. But well, we have to go back for the year before Covid, but in in our, in our their form at that time. Mm. Elijah and Roman and Tully as well would be in the, the conversation. Yeah. But I'll get I wouldn't give it to Roman just because if he was the same height, this is the thing I was thinking of. Um, if you put like Robbie Lavar, Roman Brondle, Ray, Richie Verez uh, Robbie McMenemy, Elijah, all in, in an open weight, but they're all the same height and the they're same a, weight. Yeah. If they're all exactly six foot and they're all the same weight. But they all still have their attributes. Who would win in that case? I hope you're not asking me that, like. It's a tough one, isn't it? I, I, oh. I'd probably got to put my money on Robbie Lawler. Oh yeah. Yeah, like look what he's done in open weight tournaments against people who are six foot five.
0: You could argue that the reason his success in that situation, based on that, is because he's actually smaller than everybody else.
1: Yeah, but he's look at the distance he covers. He's getting in on top of fighters that he should be getting nowhere near. But
0: would he get? Is he getting on top of them because they're so big and they're struggling to cut the distance because he's so fast?
1: Yeah, well, that's At but, six foot. Can he still do that? That's what I'm saying. If, if they all got oh. the six foot with their attributes, so Roman can still kick like he kicks. He's just a little bit shorter. That's a can of worms
0: um, that I'm not interested in, Danny. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a great, great point. Um, and like for me, Louisa and Bev, they're hard to argue. Like, obviously, with Natasha, Natasha's fought both of them. She's had success against both, but. As a coach, that's not a fight that I enjoy. Um, for the first part of our relationship, I got to watch Bev destroy Natasha with body hook kicks to the heel of the foot. She had, she's got a horrible arsenal of stuff when she's comfortable. Um, we got a couple of victories, but the thing I love about her is right, that what you get before a tournament, during a tournament and after a tournament, off the mat with Bev is identical. There's a, and it's the same with the top end guys in general, but um, I can remember like Tasha's fighting her in a team event and it was super close. Um, at just one point, she just rugby tackled Tasha, sat on top and punched her in the head. I, I remember like,
1: that. I remember Walford, that. Walford, a few yeah.
0: years ago. And I was like, what are you doing? And she just went, just laughed. And I'm like, am I angry? Am I finding this funny? And I'm looking at and are kicking
1: her up the bum while she was walking away.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking at Tasha, I'm like, is she angry with this? Is, is, is she going to kick off? Do we kick off? And then she comes off as you. Oh, sorry about that. I just thought it was quite fun. I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're not wired properly. <laughs> uh, but that's I. I, I love Beth and Louisa the same. But the men's spectrum, there seems to be. There was a time when there didn't seem to be a trend of. Well, we had some dominant forces, but pre COVID, yeah, well, Like
1: the whole the whole team for for a number of years. Like if, yeah, um, Thomas Gombe... Yeah, Christian, Zolt, Richie, yeah. Alex, Roland. And I think, I don't know now, Zolt is retired. Christian is retired. Uh, Gomby fights in America, I think, still, but not really anywhere in Europe. And I think that's just. Thomas, uh,
0: Thomas might fight in America a little bit still. I yeah, I think they, to...
1: yeah, they're fighting a Paul, Mitchell, thing Paul, Mitchell, to Paul yeah. Mitchell. So they go over there, just, I don't know, I don't know what it is, maybe. Sponsorship, maybe they're getting paid. It's a different world over
0: there, though. Like, we went to America for the first time last year to um, the AmeriKick tournament. Yeah, like the the rules, the rules set, the setup, prize money, like everything is very, very different to Europe.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, if you're you're fighting for prize money and it's good prize money, why wouldn't you? And you're gonna take it, then obviously, you're gonna
0: fight. We, We went there and we must have come just short of three grand from the categories. Yeah, like I think there's a, there's a lot to be said about that. Obviously, it's a lot more expensive to enter a division, but if you're a top-end fighter, you're willing to risk a little bit more of an entry fee in the hope of a bigger pot at the end, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But And obviously, yeah, that era, you had the Crowley guys, you had Ray very much in the mix, especially in Ireland. Robbie, my enemy, obviously, used to cause loads of grief and do funny stuff on stage. Um, the men's division itself, um, Seems to go through this pool of fighters. Um, I don't. What do you think now? Like that pool seems to be slightly more reduced to the, the same two or three.
1: Yeah. Like, well, like I said earlier, it's yeah. Roman, uh, Tully and Elijah, kind of in the in the Grand Champion finals most of the time. Um, is it just because they're the ones traveling to everything? I don't know. There might be a few other fighters that just aren't going to as many tournaments, so I don't see them as much. Yeah. But, the trail, I definitely go to everything, and it's like when you're fighting every week, you it's gonna sharpen your skills. You're gonna be,
0: yeah,
1: you're, you're gonna keep winning.
0: I think I've seen a few things on Facebook thrown out that COVID's gonna change the the playing field when we go back. I completely disagree with that. Um I think the ones that win will always find a way to win.
1: Um
0: yeah. Do you see it the same way, or do you think we? No, have exactly. The same yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, winning's a habit. You don't know, like. Once you start winning, you expect that of yourself, and you're not gonna you're not gonna start losing just because we had a year off. But like yeah. all, all the best fighters are still training, and you can see it. They're doing uh, Zoom seminars, they're having uh, they're teaching over Zoom. They're doing their own workouts on on Instagram, all this kind of stuff. So like the the ones that are serious about it, like probably the one that's trying the hardest is still is I think Elijah.
0: I speak to Elijah, yeah. you know, every couple of weeks, and. Nothing's changed, <laughs> yeah. like for him, like his training's still the same. He's, for me, he feels like he's still training as if he was in peak, not even off season.
1: Yeah, um, and he's gonna be so hungry when he comes back now, oh. cause he's like been training constantly for a year with no competition. Yeah. So, and theoretically now with no Irish Open this year, he's a two-year Irish Open grand champion because he hasn't been beaten this year. <laughs> That's
0: true. The longest reigning champion from one set of fights. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well,
1: but like it's a shame. It's a shame because he probably could go on oh. to equal Ray. But
0: imagine if he's one short because of COVID. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> if I was Ray, I wouldn't let him live it down. Like <laughs> um, um, back just to
1: stop me it. <laughs> you... <laughs> Uh, Favourite tournament or is that a difficult one? Austrian Classics, probably. Good uh, shout. Uh, I like Austria. It finishes, finishes early on the Sunday, like about five or six o'clock. Oh, <laughs> you're going for the tactical finish. I like it. Okay. Um, but it no, it's like it has it everything. Now, but it never
0: used to. It used to be wild.
1: Yeah. Uh, sport data has made a huge difference to all competitions. Like, um, No, you're, not, you're just... Open your phone, you see when you're fighting. It's so much better, and the areas are run at uh, different times, so there's no double starts. Like the, the biggest thing when you're running the competition, with sport data is trying to eliminate double starts, so there's no fighter running from area to area. And with sport data, uh, sport data, it, it's just saving so much time. Um, I can't like any competition that's not using it is mad. It's just madness.
0: It's a cool system as a coach as well because. I'm super competitive, and sports that has give me the opportunity to get competitive again on a league table. So,
1: and it gives us statistics
0: as well. That's what I mean. Like, I'll look at that after day one and be nowhere near something, and I'll, I can pull the team in. You may think it's weird, but I'll pull the team in and go, yo, we're here. We need to be up here. And yeah. it's quite a good motivational tool for me as a coach. Um, yeah. I don't care what anyone says, you're going there to win. And if you can see that you're not winning, then. That can be enough to boost the whole team's morale to go right. Well, let's try and get into that top five. That let's face it, everyone's going to screenshot the top ten after that. No one really cares. Um
1: again, that's one not- problem with one problem with uh, having them, that statistic is the clubs that just want to be in that top five they are putting their advanced fighters in the beginner sections.
0: Oh, I don't agree. That's a different story.
1: That's I know it's a whole different story, but that's like clubs are going away and. They're screenshotting. Oh look, we were number one at this tournament to get to advertise to their to local community and go like this get, is how good we are. We'll uh, but that. they're not telling the story that they're after putting like fifteen black belts into white belt sections.
0: Oh. it's just. Uh, I think it's up there with people who say like, um, "I'm a world champion." Like no one. If you're outside the sport, you don't know what you did to validate that yeah. title. Like that's
1: that's. I have a European title in line contact. WP. JBCD or something I can't remember. I, I, don't, think I think don't. I don't ever consider myself it. a European champion. W, yeah. W, profi title world profi title or something. I can't remember.
0: It might be WBK.
1: W it might be doing. It's a blue belt. Yeah.
0: I think I. I think I've got a couple of bronze medals
1: and that. To be fair, you'll find, uh, you'll find them on my website. <laughs> but like, I, I. wouldn't go around saying I'm European champion because it. it was. It was one fight. It was. It was a good fight, but. Uh, it's not, for well, me, like, world and European champions are
0: WACO. As a standard, yeah. I think there's some great fighters in other organisations.
1: Absolutely. there's fantastic fighters. But just um, the well, overall standard of all the fighters, I'd put, are higher than wacko. Yeah. I'm going to get slated for saying that. But.
0: Yeah, like, likewise. And I have done in the past, and this is opening up again. But, like, Natasha has 10 more titles. If you look at the Wolfpack logo, there's three that sit above, the three stars they represent the two WACO world titles and the one Wacko pro world title. Yeah. Um, because as a club, as a person, as a couple, as a whatever, they're the ones that for us are the validation of what our kickboxing journey is about. Now, if someone feels the same way about another organization and they want to put X amount of stars on top of theirs, you know, I'm not going to dismiss that idea, but for me, that's my benchmark. That's yeah. my best of the best. So Someone... So you're
1: gonna you gonna add more stars to the logo if the club any of the members of the club
0: or just the wins? Or... No, 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 no. That anybody from the club wins a senior Wacko world title. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, I, you know, and the proof's kind of in the pudding. We've had them since I think she won it 2015, was that Dublin? Ooh. Yeah,
1: Dublin was 2015.
0: Yeah. I think she won it within a year, she won the Wacko Pro 2016. We've not added any stars to our logo, and I love it. Um, and and that kind of validates it. Where oh, you'd love it,
1: but you'd like to. Add
0: more. <laughs> I had more. I want. I literally just want my logo to be stars. But um, yeah, that's the reason. And that's that's a, okay. Here's an important question: How many points should a sweep be worth?
1: Well, I was always I a fan of a sweep. <laughs> I think i have done it at every World Championships I've fought it. Uh, I don't know if given two is. I don't know. Oh, I don't I'd know. like to. Yeah, probably. I uh, want we'll to see it get two because then you'd see more of them.
0: I think I think I think it's worth it.
1: Yeah. I think it's yeah, hard to sweep you. someone. there's no better feeling than sweeping someone on their first attack. Like right. I remember in two thousand and three I was fighting a guy from Ukraine in the first round and he just came out with his legs, blah, blah 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 and I went oh, oh, oh big mistake and he went down and then I bet I bet ten yeah. nil because all his confidence was gone. Because he yeah. was a kicker and he's just he just all of a sudden went, What do I do now? And we'll then take that I weapon away, apart. yeah. Yeah. That's and I, th- I, swept, I swept. them a second time. I got a one. The second time, the the German referee and she said it was too high. And it wasn't too high. It was perfect.
0: But, Did you watch your back on Brandman Dan? Nah,
1: pre Brandman. <laughs> this this is why I started Brandman Dan Because <laughs> I'd love to see that fight getting ten 0 at a world championships.
0: Oh. My thing is right is I can teach a kid or an adult how to kick someone in the head kind of quickly, um, to teach someone the timing of a good sweep is a is a, in my opinion a higher skill set i'm i'm a, a massive uh, poster boy for two points for the for the sweep for sure i think it's
1: i think yeah actually yeah you're probably right two points for the sweep i'm going to ask you this for we get to see episode,
0: and if anyone says one point i'm not even going to publish it that's how uh, confident and uh, passionate i feel about the sweeps yeah. um, uh, like
1: well, like i can't be black out. Of roy roy was great at sweeps Roy, I heard this rumour that... Yeah, he has to sweep everyone as well. I and heard a um, rumour that if
0: you try and kick Rory more than twice, he's probably going to sweep you.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah. Um, I think maybe it's another thing, because Robbie does that and Dean does it as well. And, uh, well, Grillo was awesome at them. Oh, there's
0: a couple of dirty ones
1: there. Where two he's- in Bristol against uh, Zolt. Was that the one where he pretty much landed on his head? Yeah. Yeah, he just upended them. Oh, that was and big. Once in the centre of the ring and once over in the corner. Was the that Bristol, was it? I wasn't sure where that one was. Yeah, that from. was the old the old hall in Bristol.
0: All right. Okay. I never actually went to Bristol at that time. Um, Bristol, for me, is not a new tournament I've been in for a good few years now. But at the time, it was one that just was so, at the end of the year, I'd always like be like, OK, you know what, I'm not making it. But we started doing it because it grew so well. It's gone yeah. on to be one of my favourite tournaments. But that sweep was... Uh, yeah, actually, that's
1: yeah, that's one of my favourite tournaments as well. Yeah. Okay, because every year They ask for suggestions How can we make it better You come back the next year And they've done that suggestion Like they go Okay well we've done this If you go up to Sean Or Andy Or, or uh, Sharon you just go Look You have the scoreboards On the middle And if you move them out To the outside It's going to work better And then the next year Came back and it was done Yeah But plus they got Sport data as well in, the, in the, uh, Two years ago I think they started With sport data I think
0: as well Like Andy's very on the pulse with most things. I think that team of promoters has been key to their success. Yeah, And yeah. then they, they pulled a blinder getting JC in to help run the floor.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: JC's a nightmare for me as a coach because um, I can kind of talk my way to certain things, but JC being the same type of coach knows how to eliminate that. And it's uh, I appreciate yeah. it nine times out of 10, but on that one occasion, I'm like, JC, give me
1: a break, mate. Um, oh, similar, for- you even have the same club name.
0: <laughs> ah yeah, listen,
1: there's a no story behind that. Uh for your for your wolfpack or his right. wolf.
0: Mine's boring. Mine's it was a nickname and it grew. But I know his dad's dad had an affinity with wolves and spent time yeah, at a sanctuary. Okay. So everyone always asks us about that. And JC's super humble with it because although the inception of Wolfpack martial arts in Edinburgh was first, when he brought his first, his fight team out to that, like t- Tony Cashman was actually one of the first people to referee. Me when I was fighting as a color belt. Um, yeah. And then JC's always very good, like Kevin. It's just two different packs. And I, for me, I, I dial into that straight away. I'm, I'm much more harmonious about it. Um, people was like, oh, there's another wolf pack. Like some of those guys, like I squad trained with Sean when I was a color belt. I fought next to Sean and someone else at a random tournament in Italy once as a color belt because they needed a third fighter. Like um, we may, when we're fighting each other on a mat, it's not necessarily civil and pretty but um, like for me I get on with a lot of people and they're certainly a category of people that I, I actually enjoy the, the banter side of things and it looks almost on the verge of aggressive but I probably wouldn't have it any other way to be honest. It's the same with me and Robbie McMenemy. like we've had a couple of times where we've been at tournaments opposite each other and Robbie would be like time I know the rules and I'd be like well time I also know the rules and here's the irony the last one to put us in was actually JC Cashman who was the centre of <laughs> Going, guys. I know you wrote the rules. But so the week, and you let us get on with it. And I was like, I will if he will. And then Robbie would be yeah. like, Well, I will if he will. And we were there again. I'm like, This is a long two minute round. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, he's one of the, he's one of the worst. Especially if you're refereeing one of the fires, he's one of the worst to have a coach. he's, he's a nightmare.
0: Listen, I'm not <laughs> gonna I'm not gonna talk about any of that because I'm pretty sure a lot <laughs> of people talk to me in the same light. So um, I think it's good that. Uh, I think, well, I
1: think it's because me and him are such good friends as well. He's trying to, he's trying to wind me up like while he's coaching. So. I like
0: it. Like That's what, that's probably the bit I miss during all of this. Like the tournaments are great, but the interactions with people like yourself and like you're great at a tournament. You don't just bring a camera. You actually add into the experience. Um, like not just a good chat, but you'd be throwing pieces of like, Budget people, you'll be like getting people. and uh, That's me, just trying to get more sweets of you. By the way, but um, like I
1: haven't made them. I haven't made a <laughs> But it's 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 uh, it's definitely. That, the, the, the white chocolate with the with the berries one, is, wasn't it? I didn't have that one. The white chocolate with uh, crunchy and berries. Was that the one at the Irish Open? Uh, I can't remember. I think maybe I had it in Bristol. Did the but stuff it was, you had uh, on
0: the desk at the weigh in? oh the,
1: the forge, yeah.
0: The, the fighters there were coming off dehydrated or cutting weight. And you're giving them sugar, and it looked like they were on crack, running around the place. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, I think Adam had a bit of that last time, and he was literally like, "I was like, what have you been eating?" And he's like, "Oh, I just saw some of that stuff that Danny gave me." I'm like, "Oh my god!" I don't um, don't
1: say it like that. That's <laughs> <satisfying>. <laughs> It's yeah. just sugar. That's a that's a different podcast. It's just brown uh, sugar and <laughs> brown sugar and butter. <laughs> mate it's so
0: good um one of the other questions i got asked a lot in the podcast that i've done should tatami sport be a stepping stone for other sports it's something i'm very passionate about because my my argument is that we have our own journey to a level staying on a tatami if we choose to but there's a few people with this conception that mat sport is a warm-up to get in the ring Mat sport is purely a stepping stone to go fight in a cage um, I don't think it has to be down that path personally, but what's your opinion on it?
1: I think light contact and kick light are kind of stepping stones into full contact and K1 and low kick uh, points. It's just a totally different sport. Yeah. Now, I, there's no problem staying in light contact or kick light, because like, they're a totally different sport. Uh, like kick light and light contact are all about, more about control as opposed to just knocking the other person out. Um Point fighting, I think, calling it a stepping stone into different sports is wrong. It certainly gives you uh, a lot of advantages. Like you see Wunderbar Thompson and Michael Page and that, that when they use their time and distance in MMA, there's nobody getting get near them. Really. Yeah. Because so, it's, it's, just, it's just distance control, I think, is that the main thing you learn from points. And I think it's a great
0: foundation.
1: Like, yeah.
0: It offers the foundation, but I feel like it doesn't necessarily. Like, you haven't got if you become a wacko world title, a wacko world champion, and you gain that title, and that's the pinnacle of your career. I'd hate for someone to turn around and go, Oh, but they didn't fight in the ring, did they? Because it doesn't have to go into the ring,
1: yeah. But also, as well, I think they value the sport when they say, I'm a wacko world champion now, I'm stepping up to the UFC. I'm not. I'm not having a d- dig at anyone there in particular. <laughs> I know because Dean is going into the UFC. I'm <laughs> not, I'm not having a go at him. Yeah, I, d- I think it's not if you're not stepping up, you're stepping across. It's a different sport. It's a different. Uh, it's a different world title. I don't think just because one is professional, one is amateur, I don't think you're going to say, uh oh, I'm I'm moving on to the next level now." It's not the next level. It's a, it's a sideways level. It's
0: it may be the next level in the side of exposure to the public. Yeah. Like- From that perspective, Ah, certainly
1: certainly, next level get paid is a huge difference. Absolutely. I get that. But from
0: I think every style deserves its credit from a skill set point of view. Like look at some of the like contact guys. If if some of them guys never transferred into the ring, I'm okay with it because I've enjoyed watching them for five years on a tatami. And the tatami sport is probably my world in regards to my everyday life. And I enjoy watching it. I can understand that some people maybe not want to dial in as much. Members of the public to watch it sometimes because I do feel sometimes our sport's quite hard to understand, especially point fighting. But
1: um, yeah. like if you look at Thomas Barada, I don't think ever went in the ring. He just was light contact in taekwondo. And in Slovenia, he's a superstar. Um, yeah. See, there you go. Like he was getting five thousand people to, to his Phil fight arena, gala. Yeah, film arenas, film the galas, and like, probably more than that. I don't. I just don't remember because. He was just finishing fighting when I was starting. When I, because I was my first world championships was 2001 in Slovenia, and he had just finished fighting. And he would have been fighting. I think. I think he was fighting 63 as well. Yeah, he was. So,
0: for me, he was like he's one of my favorite seminars. Do you remember the Austrian summer camp? Is it? Yeah. Fight,
1: fight for his fun? Seminars are excellent. He has it down to an art.
0: Oh my God, is is slick. Really slick, yeah. real crowd-pleasing seminar. Um, I've had, I've been lucky to get a really good few seminars at the club. I've had a wide spectrum. He's not actually someone I've had in Scotland, but he's one of these ones where I've seen him teach um, and the structure of everything that he does
1: is uh, really, like, A1. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the only seminar I've seen him do, which is the one in Austria at the fight camp. Yeah. Um, it's all like that, which I assume they are, because he's... He's professional about everything because we were making videos for uh top 10 equipment that tournament at that yeah. competition or the, the fight camp. And I'd record it and he's no, no, we do it again. My foot wasn't facing the right way, yeah. I think a, that's that's been from the taekwondo where every like when you're grinding, every your foot has to be in the right direction and your hands have to be exactly right, so yeah, it's probably from that. But he's an absolute perfectionist and he, he does that with everything he does.
0: I've got a few guys now because obviously there's been a quite a, an obvious transfer from. ITF, coming over to play in kickboxing in the last few years. There's much in Ireland as well. I know there's a good few Irish clubs involved in that. And um, the foundation they bring to the table before you start working with them as a coach, kind of like a lot of people come into your door from other sports or kickboxing clubs or whatever, and you end up dealing with a lot of bad habits. With taekwondo, you spend more time telling them to be less technical because it's over-chambered. <laughs> and um, but then, Yeah, you want a shortcut. Yeah, you need a shortcut on this one, dude. But technically, they're absolutely so proficient. And so the power, the generation, like I, I've, I held that same camp you're talking about. I held a pad for Thomas Broader and said, listen, I think you were there actually, Danny. Don't, don't quote me. But I said, uh, I'm going to run at you with this and I want you to jump in back kick the the pad. That was the big biflex, big black thing. Like the yeah, circle. yeah. Every bit of every vertebrae in my spine clicked. <laughs> on impact and I don't think he even tried if I'm completely honest I think it was just so technical and I just remember it was like cracking my back and I was like I'm quite a big guy it's quite hard for people to crack my back in in everyday life but I was like that's therapy that was nice um but yeah he's certainly a a technician that's for sure oh definitely
1: technique over strength gives so much more power like probably one of the hardest I've ever been kicked was by from Slovenia
0: Another great guy great. And that was that
1: was at the Greek the Greek summer camp uh, yeah the summer camp at Nikos. and I've been hit with sidekicks kicks before that what sent me flying but he hit me hit me and I, I blocked it it was on the air but every bit of my body shook and I was like he's only 74 kilos so I, ha- I had like five or six kilos on him at the time and it was just solid and it, it wasn't where he was like stepping in and pushing it it was no. just a perfect technique he's yeah. going when you've got good technique, you've got power.
0: My um, my earliest memory and probably still one of the worst kicks I ever got was from Mimo DeMarco. um, And he hit me with a jumping back kick. And yeah. I woke up the next day, got out of my bed. And I was like, oh, I, I, I felt like my chest had been cracked. It was so clean um, and technical. And at the time, I didn't even really know who he was because I was still like a, an orange belt, I think.
1: Yeah. um.
0: But like it's an experience that's stayed with me for life. <laughs> like it's it's one of those techniques that you don't go. I'm really going to hit him hard with this. It's like I'm just going to do it, and I know it's going to hurt. Um, and yeah, I can remember that, so I can definitely sympathise on the technical side
1: of it. Um, uh, I he can do everything. Like, oh like, uh, Mimo, yeah. yeah. He's just his kicks doing, and the three sixties and seven twenties and everything. It's just fucking gone. But then he just pulled him out at the wrong time. you like. You're Winning and then I you're done crazy. I know exactly what fight you're talking
0: about. <laughs> um, summer camp obviously, we've had some good memories at the summer camp. Um, with Nick well, that's my summer
1: holidays. Well, it was it won't be this year, like all my holidays I use up on for tournaments, so I don't actually go on holidays. So that one tournament a year or that summer camp, I just trade it. it's one week holiday a year at a beautiful resort and on the Greek islands and uh. There's a swimming pool, there's a beach, there's a bar with frodo coffees. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh. I, 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 I snuck, I got over this year, um, lastminute.com. Like, yeah, you had to go and go through the like a trace system and all this type of stuff. And I reckon, without being too dramatic, it's one of the big things that kept my sanity this year because getting over there with Effie, like Effie, who's been there when Tasha was pregnant first year after she was born a few months later and then again and again like for me it's it's everything you want in a in a training camp first and foremost because they're they're training three times a day the level of competitors is the same as a tournament and it just happens and all them kids
1: can kick like Nikos
0: it's frightening isn't it like they're they're, (laughs) they're all yeah it's actually frightening um and then you've got the added bonus of it being on a Greek island which is always nice
1: um
0: yeah, and that, that's
1: yeah. I wasn't able to go this year because we, I think we were still in lockdown. Or, well, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't able to go, but uh, yeah, it's it's so much fun as well. I think uh, yeah. for me, it's
0: it's that we've done lots of different bits and pieces. But I don't know about you, but for me, Nikos is one of these people that can always make you feel so welcome. And I think yeah. it's no different if it's me, a coach who has X amount of fighters bringing stuff to the table, to the random kid. Who's come over on their own? They feel just as welcome. Yeah,
1: um, and I
0: think that's a very big skill set that Nikos has. He has his position to just put an arm around everybody, and, and I think that's for me spending time in lockdown. They're the kind of people you want to spend more time with moving forward, right?
1: Yeah, Plus, as well at the at the summer camps. Then, like when the is are, you're able to sit around and you get to meet everyone. Like I think the better friendships formed at that than at uh, at tournaments. Yeah, you're ready to fight each other, yeah, and then it's only on the last night, then you get to have a, a bit of a relaxed and with uh and spend it with them. But when you're there for a week with people from all over the world, it's every night you're talking a to different, different environment
0: as well. Like, I think it encourages you to be a bit more chill, like, yeah, even with some of my best friends at tournaments. Like, my most used line is, listen, I know we're not going to get to speak, speak this weekend, but it's lovely to see you, like. Yeah. There's nothing more I'd want to spend more than spend time with them, but like it's just impossible. Like it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, that's like in best fighter as well. The flights for best fighter for for me are easiest are Thursday and Tuesday, so I always get them Monday as well. And generally, the Germans are there, Toli and Keisha and Dominic yeah, and that. So,
0: a bunch. We a lot of time yeah,
1: so we we have a bit. Of, we have like a day spent after showing both them and the Hungarians are there as well as well. That's yeah. what made
0: um. Greece a bit weird for us as well because there's usually such a big pool of our friends there, but we actually got to spend a lot of time with the, the German guys this year, and it's been great, like catching up yeah. with them and uh, you know just catching and throwing ideas off each other and just being a bit more relaxed about the whole situation. So, um, no, it was really good. It was it was definitely weird having not having people like yourself there and like it was no no Italians, like it was very peculiar, but. I'm glad we got that little bit anyway, because, you know, where we thought we were coming at the end of things, it it, it just seemed to now look like it was the beginning. Um,
1: yeah,
0: listen, this has been great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's been our, my first little chat. So uh, I've got a couple other people lined up, which I'm looking forward to talking to. You, but I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a little bit more insight of uh, what Brandman Mandan's all about. Um, and hopefully you know I'd love to say if we're locked down we'll probably do this again but I'm hoping we're not locked down for that long but um, yeah hopefully
1: yeah but listen stay in contact um, and thanks for your time Danny cool take it easy